0: Hello, Decode, your burnout fans. Welcome to another episode with me, Dr. Sharon Grossman. And today I've got Celeste Walsh. Hello. A native. Hi. <laughs> a native from West Virginia. Celeste Walsh is a true pioneer of her flourishing career. With over five years of experience managing high-profile campaigns and celebrity clientele, Celeste understands the balance with work and life is vital in order to thrive. As nature is her teacher, she sows growth and revitalization into each project, reaping the bounty of her creative endeavors and the precious moments of pause that allow her to be fully present. Mm -hmm. Celeste is a testimony of encouragement and embodies how careful manifestation can produce abundance in life and career. She enjoys making art, tending to her gardens and is excited for all that there is to come.
1: (laughs) Celeste, hey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to share my experience and to talk about burnout. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I just love,
0: as I was reading your bio, just some of the things that you touched on in there, right? This idea of manifestation and abundance and Mm -hmm. just sowing seeds and reaping the bounty. Like I love all that flowery language. And I think that it's important for us to take that seriously because a lot of times we don't understand the power that that holds. So this is, this is always a good reminder for people to utilize these tools that we have that maybe we aren't making use of. But before we go into any of these rabbit holes, I would love it if you could share
1: your experience with burnout. Yes, thank you. So as you know, I have past years experience working with mom and pop shops to celebrities throughout my experience. And throughout the way, burnout has been with me throughout all of that. Obviously not at all times, but I have found myself as I look back in the past, sorry, I think my cat is being a little mischievous in the background, just going to ignore her. But more recently, so I have really sat down with myself and mapped out, okay, you know, my mental state was here, but this is how I feel now. And I've actually had the opportunity to take a moment of pause, take a week off from work and actually just be Celeste and get back into the swing of things, you know, of course, everyone was affected by COVID and I had the opportunity to work from home. And so my day-to-day life doesn't necessarily always change. The stress level definitely does. And so throughout my experience as director of client services for the company that I work at, Flourish Media, I am often tasked with being the liaison and being the person who gets to hear all the good news and gets to be told all the bad news. And so that comes with a lot of weight. And I often find myself struggling between self-sabotage and low self-esteem and things like that, because it's hard to continue to keep up the good fight every day and to know that I am, you know, skilled. I, should, I am worthy of being in my level and my position as being a director. And so Thank God I know the term burnout because I definitely was experiencing that way before it became, you know, like a hot term. And so I've been able to, you know, take those moments and take a step back and be like, okay, I'm going through burnout right now. Let me take some moment for myself because I'll just get deeper and deeper into that hole. And so being just aware of yourself and how things can affect you to get to that point is really important. Absolutely. So
0: coming back into your story for a moment, I know you talked about how you've been working with a number of different people, celebrities included. Is it working with those people? Like, was it difficult personalities to work with that led to your burnout? Or was it something you think that maybe the way you engaged with your work that led to the burnout? Or I combination? It,
1: yes, I think it was a mix of both. It just happened like, you know, right timing type of thing, but it wasn't the right timing. (laughs) My boss had stepped away on maternity leave as we were also going through a big project. And It was a great learning moment for me. I was able to step up to the plate, deal with those different types of personalities. But at the end of the day, I was like, I'm tired. Mm. (laughs) You know, I'm glad that there's an end date to her maternity leave at the time, because I was like, you know, this is really hard to deal with all the dynamics and to also show up and be professional, you know, try to be as positive as possible during those experiences. But, you know, we're all human. And it happens to all of us at some point. And so, again, I'm just thankful that I have the know-how and the insight to know, okay, this is enough for me. If I keep going, then I'm just going to not enjoy my career. I may start looking for another career, which I have been doing recently to try to basically pump myself up and remind myself that I am worthy of this opportunity that I have in front of me as my career. And so that's been an interesting exercise that I've been doing. I'm taking these possible job opportunities seriously, but it really is kind of like a boost of confidence in a way. Reminds me that, you know, there is a light to the end of the tunnel. Maybe I'm in the different, maybe I'm in the wrong lane. Uh, Maybe I should switch to this lane, but just keeping the foresight of knowing this is just temporary is really helpful. And I bet there are people
0: listening to this who are thinking, wow, she's really speaking my language because there's a lot of people out there that don't have clarity, or maybe they're not having a good experience at work, and they start to question, am I in the right place? Am I in the right job? Or even in the right industry? Should I reinvent myself? Should I stay and try to make it work? Or should I go out there and do something different? And These are real struggles that people have. Also, what you talked about with imposter syndrome, where you start to question your own abilities, and whether you even deserve to be there, right? We've talked about that before on this show. But I'm curious, would you classify yourself as kind of like a thinker, somebody who over analyzes things, you're very much in your head, you tend to maybe become anxious about the future and what's going to happen. And maybe it kind of leads to some indecisions or kind of second guessing yourself. Because that's kind of what I'm
1: hearing. Yeah, I definitely because my role, I'm essentially a project manager. And so my job is to think everything completely Mm. through all the details, all the big picture, everything. And so, yes, I often find myself, you know, it hits five 30. I may be away from my desk, but my mind is definitely it's still working and having those healthy boundaries, you know, sometimes I have to be very disciplined with myself. I have to turn off my email notifications and, you know, I have to give, my time, myself the time to basically recuperate and refuel myself to tackle the next day. And so I definitely would consider myself somewhat a thinker of, you know, every possibility, which can definitely does lead to anxiety. But at the same time, I don't think all anxiety is necessarily bad because it helps me to save all the bases. It helps me be like, if this is the scenario, maybe I'll react this way. And maybe... You know, so it is helpful, but definitely can create more unnecessary stress. Absolutely. I think if you know how to manage it and it helps
0: you to plan for the future and feel safe and get out of the anxiety mode, then that's what I think a lot of people are missing. But that's what actually would be very helpful. So I'm glad that you feel like you have that. I want to talk more about this idea of managing people. And especially people, you were talking about high profile campaigns and celebrity clientele. First of all, do you think there's a difference between high profile people and managing regular people that, you know, most people do when they go to work and they're a manager?
1: Yeah, I honestly think that's like, a two, yes and no. My first instinct was to say yes, it's definitely different. Typically, the first thing I think of is personality wise. Dealing with those different types of clientele from Grammy award-winning musicians to like entrepreneurs that are like household names, totally different ballgame than dealing with mom and pop shop down the block in the terms of their expectations. You know, I've learned very recently, this is a transactional relationship, unfortunately. So when it comes to clients, no matter how long I could work with a client for years, at the end of the day, they are paying me for a service. And oftentimes when it comes to those high profile individuals, I am seen, and this is just my opinion, that I am seen as a service first and then a person. Whereas when I work with the mom and pop shops, it's kind of reversed. It's more easier to have a sort of a friendship or a casual relationship with those types of businesses because Mm -hmm. they are really there to learn. They may have found some great success and that's the reason why I'm working with them, but they aren't the household names. They don't have a major, major reputation to uphold. And so there's just a lot more, again, you have to be more disciplined with yourself and your team. So there's definitely a lot of strategies and different obstacles that come up with anyone that I work with.
0: So that's actually super interesting, right? So what you're saying is, and I don't think this is always the case, but maybe in this particular situation, what you're saying is managing high profile personalities, there's just different expectations coming into that relationship. It's more transactional and they're less interested in you as a person. They're like, what can you do for me? And in the lower profile situation, They're looking to build that relationship with you and learn from you. So there's more of that. I am here to support you and you can learn from me and you can lean on me. And we're in it for the long haul because I'm going to be here for you to grow. Mm -hmm. Whereas the higher profile folks, they've already achieved something great. And they're like, and now just do this thing for me.
1: Yeah, plain and simple. I mean, I could dive in deeper, but I think you hit it perfectly going from... Maybe a low profile or a bomb and pop shop just needs a website. Okay. So that's easy. Or the celebrity, on the other hand, wants a $3 million event on a yacht for two days with big names, performers. And so you got to make it happen. And typically, you know, with those higher profile clients, budget isn't really. Always a concern. That's the fun part. (laughs) I'm able to really build out like the perfect, the dream, whatever. And then going back and dealing with the more everyday type person, of course, the first question is, what's it going to cost? And so you have to be creative in order to reach the same goal. So it's exciting. It keeps my job, you know, perked up, but I never know what to expect, which is exciting, but also. You know it can be scary yeah especially for
0: somebody who you know a lot of times when people run high on anxiety they want to know what to expect right and <laughs> the unexpected is what actually makes you more anxious but you talked about expectations early on and i actually thought you were going to go in a different direction. So i have to ask this question when it comes to high profile people i would imagine the expectation is you should already know about me oh yes Oh yeah. Right. Whereas <laughs> if I'm a lower profile person, it's like, let me tell you about me.
1: hmm mm-hmm. And and it's interesting. I think it really boils down to just, I mean, all humans, we all have some type, of, some type of ego, and being able to keep respect for myself. I don't want to ever come off unauthentic or anything like that. But keeping the balance between, I'm helping you, yes. And you're paying me, yes, but uh, you don't own me and I'm not saving your life. Uh, I'm not a heart surgeon or anything like that. I'll make you a website. I'll plan an amazing event for you. But at the end of the day, you know, giving my peace and we'll work together to make whatever it is happen.
0: Yeah. So I was just having a conversation yesterday with my accountant and he is being like he's actually signing on with a very big client. And so we were having a conversation because I'm also his coach, right? And so he was telling me how he's right from the get-go, he's setting it up by, as we're talking about with expectations, by setting the expectations of, listen, like, because he's like, I don't want this guy to own me. I'm too old for this. Like, I'm going to do this because it makes sense financially for me to do it because it could be like a new level change challenge. But ultimately, he told the guy, listen, I need four weeks a year in the summer to travel. I need to take time off at the end of the day so that I can take care of myself. So I'm going to the gym and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I was like, yes, Yes. it's like so good. So I love the idea of really knowing your own boundaries and what those are and then being able to communicate that and I think there's a couple of things I think that get in the way of setting boundaries for folks one is they don't feel comfortable doing that because they're like oh I should be available to this person and I feel guilty about not right yeah. or that they just don't really know what they need like if like my client knew, I wanna lose weight. I wanna be in good shape. I wanna take care of my health. So I'm gonna go and sign up for a swim lane and I'm gonna go and sign up for mm-hmm. X class or what have you. Once you know what it is that you want, and I love the idea of like a class, especially because it starts at a certain time. Yeah. <laughs> right. So if you know like my class starts at six, then it's like, oh, gotta go. Right, and and that is so explicit. Everybody knows that five thirty comes, you got to leave, or whatever time it is. Right, so having those external boundaries, you can sometimes lean on that yeah. as you're trying to get comfortable and setting boundaries with other people. You can kind of, you know, make that as an excuse of why it has to be this time and why it's not so flexible. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's important. I and do. I do want to. I do also want to say that we're speaking here in generalities right? We're talking about the high profile and the low profile and like the differences. And I think there's truth to those things. And I also think, I truly believe that people are people. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it might be a little bit harder with the high profile people to get in there because you have to build the trust. I think a lot of times they don't allow people in and they keep you at a distance to just like do the service, check the box, because they're worried about what do you want from me? Like You want to have a piece of me because I'm successful because I've made it, right? So you have to have to push a little bit to get in there and have them trust you because then you can help them on a much deeper level because so many of them have things that they don't feel like they can talk to anybody about, but they're the same things you're probably talking to your quote-unquote
1: low-profile
0: prof- folks yeah. about, right? It's like human things.
1: Yeah, no, that's so true. I mean, you said it perfectly. We're all human. And I think it's just natural when you get to a point of such success that you want to kind of go back into a shell. You're kind of like, you know, you know household name. Everyone everyone knows so much about you. And it's like, okay, I want to keep some of it to myself and to my inner circle. So I think it's natural to be at that level in your life, to almost kind of be like a recluse, I've honestly had experiences with these types of clients where I'm not even talking to them, which is very common. Someone else, of course, like their assistant, or or maybe it's a full team, and yeah. they will relay that information, whatever pertinent information is needed to that in, to that client, and so that kind of helps both my team and the client at hand because obviously they trust their own team and they trust that their team's going to keep the hold their back. I'm sure they're dealing with so many other things that obviously I would never know anything about because of that type of relationship. And so I do enjoy you bringing that to light because it's true. Again, we're all human. We all go through so many different types of emotional roller coasters and life experiences and events that, I mean, you hear the saying all the time, you don't know what the person across the street is dealing with you don't know what that person deals with when they wake up or anything throughout their days and so just being mindful that probably the person you're working with if they're an entrepreneur or a related industry they're probably going through burnout or they just got done going through burnout or they are probably about to crash and burn very quickly and so just being empathetic is i think very important in any industry but especially when it's dealing with people especially at like a face-to-face interaction. Being empathetic to yourself, your team, but obviously the clients at hand can help create a better experience for everyone because at the end of the day, you all have the same goal, which is to have a successful project or campaign or whatever you're working on. And so keeping that mindset forward and knowing you know it's not all going to happen in one day and just working together has been a huge game changer for me. And something that I had to learn, I guess, the hard way, I just had to experience it, I couldn't just be told. And it kind of like stuck, I had to deal with the cold type of reactions. And no, it's not me. It's just something that they're going on with their life. And, you know, I do the best I can. And again, that kind of connects with imposter syndrome when it comes to, you know, am I fit for this role? Like, why am I getting anxiety about the idea of emailing this person? Like, this is my job. And so that's been a huge help for me. So you bring up something actually
0: really interesting, which is when you manage people, your job is obviously to communicate back and forth about what you're doing, asking them questions, getting information. So what happens when that is your job? And there's imposter syndrome on board where you worry about If I send this email, then X is going to happen, right? You have some catastrophic thinking about, they're going to get mad, I'm going to get fired or whatever goes through your brain, right?
1: Like, how do you manage that? Honestly, and obviously, I can only speak from my own experience. I am so honored, thankful to have the team of women that I have. The company that I work with, Flourish Media, we are a woman-owned and operated company based in Miami. There's about eight of us. And I've been with the company since I actually was an intern with them in college. And so this is all I really know. And it's gotten to the point that I was saying, like, I see them as friends and then coworkers just from my personal relationships with each of them. And so honestly, I would have to really mess up for me to be like, oh, I might get fired because I just feel their support if I ever have a question or even recently I was like, tell me, like, did I do something wrong? I want to learn from this experience. And I was met with, no, you're doing a great job. This, You're doing it great. And so just having that community and that support and honestly asking questions and being open to critical criticism and becoming a better person in whatever role you are is vital because if you aren't open to changing for the better, then you're just going to end up, being very unhappy. And again, burnout will just find itself back to you. So being able to just be comfortable with yourself and trust your team and know that they have your back to helps a lot.
0: I would imagine so. But what about when you're not necessarily worried about them, mm-hmm. but you're worried about the client? If I uh, send an email to this client, yeah. and then you feel like all this anxiety coming up, First of all, why do you think that happens? Why do you get anxious about sending emails to a client when, as you say, that's your job? Because I think that's going to shed light for people on yeah. the the what's going on inside our heads, right? That creates yeah. this anxiety. And then what do you do to combat that?
1: Awesome. Yeah. So for me personally, I think it has to do with past trauma or childhood experiences that have basically built my character to this moment. And just being nervous, like, did I... Choose the right words. Did I explain enough? Did I over-explain? Am I being insensitive? Or because mm-hmm. email, especially, you can't interpret tone. So that's another entire level that I'm constantly being very aware of. It's let me make sure <laughs> I wrote this in a friendly way or whatever way it needs to go about. If it's, you know, it can be any type of emotion, I'm just making sure it's very clear. Um, because oftentimes I find that I, overwrite. I over-explained to cover those bases to make sure they realize maybe I'm not annoyed. I'm just trying to help or whatever the negative option could be. I try to make sure that does not happen because again, I think it's just past experiences that have led me to be overcritical and analyzing myself, knowing that they're probably going to read the email nine times out of 10, they'll read the email and respond back positively or like, you know, they're not going to shine light on what my anxiety was like poking at. Yeah. And so how I aid with that, it's just really being confident in knowing that I am doing my job. I am good at my job. I have, you know, the support, the tools, the skills, resources, whatever it is, I I'd get an A on this assignment if it was a class project. I like that. Yeah. And reminding myself that. Yeah. This is probably just self-sabotage. You're just being hard on yourself and trusting, you know, sometimes your gut, it kind of can be hard to trust your gut. But once you press that send button, can't go back. You have like, what, like two seconds to undo email. Yes. It's and like, thank God for those two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so Five seconds after you send that message, it's done. You kind of have to accept your fate and, you know, reminding yourself that one, it's just an email you know, pick up the phone and and clear up whatever confusion might be happening. Uh, You probably should have picked up the phone anyways, if it's causing this much stress. But sometimes that's not an option, depending on whatever the circumstances. But um, just knowing that you can always explain better tomorrow, you can always meet up tomorrow, you can always... Touch base with your team and break down, you know, OK, if this happens again, how should I go about this? Because this was not a fun experience for me
0: mm. <laughs> and
1: not like this.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that. I have so much to say about that. <laughs> see if I can remember <laughs> everything that went through my mind. But yeah. I think a lot of people struggle with the email thing. People who are perfectionists or have imposter syndrome and they have a lot of anxiety and they worry about like how people are going to construe their message. And here's what I want to say. One is as much as you work on your messaging, which is important, but you know, at the end of the day, even if you have the best message, you still can't control how other people interpret it. So oftentimes you can have a message that seems totally fair game and neutral or whatever, and that person can completely blow up. And that's because of their own mind and how they're taking that information and and that you can't control. Right. Mm -hmm. So I say that so that people maybe obsess a little bit less about that. And the other two things I want to say is that you can nowadays, we're so blessed with all of this technology. There's a couple of other ways to use technology to help. Right. So one thing you can do is if you're worried about misinterpretation in an email, is you can actually create a little video of you sending the message and then emailing the video instead of just like a written text. So that's one way to do it. And there's these services now that make it really easy where it's kind of like embedded in your email. And you just press a button and it opens it up and you like record the thing and you press send and voila, right? So super fast, super easy. And for some people, it's easier to express themselves in like a dialogue like that than it is in writing. Those are great. That's just a great tip if that's something that you experience. And I think the other thing is you can take your email message and if you wanted to have more of a light tone or make sure that you're not over explaining and you want to simplify it or shorten it or whatever, you can actually copy it into chat and have it... You could say to take, take this email that I... Constructed and maybe cut it by 30% or make it more concise or analyze it and tell me like what you would do better, right? Or whatever. Like you can actually ask it to do exactly what it is that your brain is telling you. Oh my God, I'm worried that it's not X, Y, and Z, right? That's a really great tool. The other thing you can do is you can just put your ideas like without even writing the email you can say so I'm writing an email to Celeste and what I want to tell her is a B and C write me an email about that or if Celeste just emailed me I can copy your email into chat GPT and say help me craft a response and yeah. then I can read the response and say well, it didn't quite get this or it's missing this thing. And so I can kind of just edit it, but I have already a crafted message that I can feel confident that it's going to convey the kind of tone that I want to have, right? Do I want to make it a little bit funny? Do I want to make it more serious and, you know, so that they know that I am taking them seriously? Like what is, what is the tone that you want to have? So I love that there's now technologies that allow you to do that because I think it'll help, people who have anxiety about email to have more confidence and get on with their day and not be so stressed out about stuff, you know, as they're going.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I personally use a loom. Yeah. Yes. To screen record. That's a huge help, especially when I have clients who for their own personal schedule, because they're just so busy, I can expect only hear from them certain days of the week. I work Tuesday through Friday. So I'm working Tuesday through Friday on your stuff. You don't only talk to me on Thursdays. And so Loom is great to be able to provide concise and to make sure tone and everything is, can't really be interpreted differently. And then I absolutely love, like for the exact reason you mentioned about using chat GPT, it helps just to aid in, you know, This is the exact message that I want to share. And thank you, ChatGPT, for fixing my tone and making this more concise and pointing out maybe I should include this in there. And so, yeah, technology, like I have mixed feelings about AI, but when it comes to that aspect and helping me rather than spending 30 minutes writing an email, I draft it up and it's done in three And so that's great because then I'm able to move on to other things and my day hopefully and sooner than it would have if I had to write three emails and they both, all three of them took like 30 minutes. So yeah, I definitely agree.
0: For sure. So when it comes to your area of expertise, what do you think are the biggest myths that you need to get? people straightened out about. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I think one of my biggest myths is that you are not replaceable. Everyone is unique. And so what you bring to the table can never, and it's taken away, can never be replaced. Maybe your skill set can, maybe you know, they need it, you're a web designer. There's so many other web web designers out there. That's everyone knows that. So yeah. yes, that skill can be replaced, but you and Everything else, maybe you're great at organization or you have great people skills or maybe you have both and plus more and that's taken away. You can most definitely expect, you probably wouldn't hear this, but your team who, well, your past team would be missing some component of you. <laughs> Ripple effects.
0: And I think in the light of AI coming in, there's a lot of fear right now of being replaced by AI. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you bringing this Up. And what I would say is, I think coming back to what we talked about a little bit earlier about relationships, I think you're right. Like you've got skill set and you've got just how you're showing up at work and whether you're organized and what have you. But I also think it's your ability to have relationships that's something that cannot be replaced with AI. Mm -hmm. So if you're really good as a project manager and dealing with high profile clients, for instance, who maybe have certain expectations or they need somebody that they can trust you cannot replace that with a computer or a bot, right? Right. So it's important to actually have a skill set such, which I think really boils down a lot of the time to emotional intelligence, let's be honest, right? (laughs) The more you can get the human component locked and loaded, I think the greater your job security is going to be long term.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that flows into my other myth that I wanted to share, which is that you do not need to spend extensive time doing your job, at least with my industry. In digital marketing, I have the comfort of working from home. I have the ability to reach out to those AI tools. Grammarly, I also love to use their quick shortcut anytime just typing something fast, You know, something that's more casual, just keeps me in line. But, you know, like, of course, I encourage everyone to take time outside of their work hours and, you know, brush up on reading books and other things that related to your industry, just so you're always learning and growing your skill sets. But at the end of the day, you are a person. And if you do not take the time to pause and to reflect and refresh yourself you will just always be in this burnout cycle. You always will be wanting to stop, drop and roll at every moment. And so just reminding yourself, my job has a start time and an end time each day. And you just have to set those boundaries with yourself and it can be very hard, but you're going to thank yourself at the end of the day, each day when you are sitting on the couch, watching TV, (laughs) popcorn in a bowl or or takeout on the way, when you're like not worried, Let that all that, if you have anxiety, allow it to trickle back in in the morning. Give yourself some grace because you need it, or you're just going to wound up regretting and having resentment towards yourself and towards your job and your client and your boss. And that's just not a healthy and happy way to live life. 100%. Any other myths? Yes. Sorry. I have one more that I wanted to mention, which is it kind of ties in with exactly what I was saying, which is taking rest. You need to rest your mind and your body. You know, I hope your job offers some type of pay time leave or at least some vacation days. Take advantage of those moments because I know everyone hears it your entire life, but you're never going to be this young again. You're never going to be in this moment, this period of your life again. And so really remember, obviously we all have goals, career goals, but you have family and friends around you who want to spend that time with you as well. And to just take those moments and really enjoy every moment that you can and know that come Monday morning, you'll be back in the office anyways, and you can finish up the project then. So I like to live by those three types of I don't even know what I want to call them, but I like to remind myself of those of those three things often because I personally just got out of a pretty deep spell of burnout myself. And those were areas that I needed to immediately like force myself to engage with to basically help me see the spark and why I got into the field that I did because I was kind of like, let me just get a boring job. Let me just do this because I'm tired. And now I've had time to rest and I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get back out there and connect with people and help their businesses thrive and flourish and all that good stuff. So love it. Okay. So thank you so much for
0: coming on and sharing. I think something that really requires vulnerability to not just share about burnout, but also share about anxiety and imposter syndrome, something that I think a lot of people would benefit hearing about. And I love that we had these AI tools to share (laughs) with people. And those are going to be, you know, if you find those, we'll maybe make a little... Oh, I'll just mention them just to recap. So we talked about ChatGPT and how you can use that to help craft your messages. We talked about Loom as one of the video services that you can use to craft your message and send that by email so that your message doesn't get lost in text. And we talked about Grammarly very briefly. I don't know if you caught that, but it's one way to take what you're writing and make sure that it is flowing in the right way that you're writing with good grammar and punctuation, et cetera. And it'll make some suggestions for you. So those are all really great tools, especially if you're worried about pressing send on that email and the repercussions of that because you can't take it back. (laughs) So I love how AI can really help us with imposter syndrome. And Celeste, I know you mentioned a few times about this company that you work for that is women-owned. Tell us again the name of the company, and where we can find more information about it in case anybody's interested. In yeah, guys
1: <laughs> absolutely. So I work for Flourish Media. We are a marketing digital company based in Miami, Florida. So as mentioned at the beginning, I live in West Virginia, born and raised. And so we help Celebrity Factors. We help mom and pops. You can find us on Flourish Media Co., dot com. Okay. We have a conference every February in Miami. Mm. Next year it will be February 16th and 17th. It's a two-day conference. We like to say we are women focused, men friendly. So everyone is welcome. The conference goes over investor resources. So we help businesses become investor ready so they can, you know, continue to grow. This year, we have a lot of exciting things happening that have never been a part of the conference before. So if you're interested, definitely check us out. You can find us at uh, Flourish Media Co. on Instagram and across all platforms as well. So if you do follow us, tell them you came from me. I would love my boss too, (laughs) to mention that to me. That would be really awesome. But... Very
0: cool. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely put that in the show notes for people who are interested and maybe they're driving right now so they can't actually look you guys up. But when you get home, we will have it all right there. So I want to thank you, Celeste, for coming on and sharing very uh, candidly about your experience. Thank you. Now, for all of you thinkers out there, what did you think of the show? If you are a feeler, how did hearing this make you feel? And for all you doers, what are you going to do based on what you've heard? Now, regardless of what your personality code is, my goal is to spread the word that burnout is a unique experience. And by decoding it, you can find solutions that are equally unique to you. Help me spread this message by subscribing to the show on Apple or Spotify and leaving us a review, telling us what you think, feel, or do differently because of the show. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can also leave me a comment or questions to answer in future episodes. And please recommend the show to anyone struggling with burnout. If you are ready to take the next step with me to DYB, go to decodeyourburnout.com and I'll see you right back here next week. Bye everybody.